Let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the I Like Birds podcast. Today is Thursday, January 12th. You may be listening now or you may be listening in the future, and we're just grateful you're here. I'm so pumped about today. This is the first episode of the year 2023, and I got my brother-in-law with me, Zach Vincent. Say hello to the people. How's it going, y'all? And good afternoon to you, brother. Yeah, man. Great mm-hmm. to see you. Uh, you've just been gone out of town for like the last five yeah. days back home in Maryland, so it's just good to see you. And uh, we haven't talked in a while, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's by design, so that we could just really, you know, yeah, get, get into, into this it. convo <laughs> like like we normally do. You should, you guys should hear our conversations uh, at the family's house, mm-hmm. at, at birthday parties, and just outside on the porch, just talking life and liberty and freedom mm-hmm. and what this country's doing. Uh, we got a lot to discuss on this one today, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah me so, too. So, Zach, tell tell the people a little bit about you, man, um, and what what you've done in life, mm-hmm. where you are now, what you're excited about in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I was born in Haiti, uh, and I lived there for about five years. So my family immigrated legally after that, which I have to say, know. Yeah. You say legally? We legally came over, which it's it, it's a it's a process, but mm-hmm. it's not that hard to do. Yeah. And uh, I lived in Florida for the first half of my life, and then we moved to Maryland afterwards because there's a large Haitian community there, too. Mm. And then when I was 17, well, let me back up a little bit. I was also a wrestling champion i played football a little bit let's go uh when i was 17 i joined the marine corps and uh i served for four years i ended up getting out as a corporal and i had a couple deployments overseas one to australia and one to the middle east and syria which was very eye-opening for me and ever since i've just been trying to be a good man trying to find my way out into this world and navigate and try to be a light for other men honestly to Mm. To be more manly, because I mean, we're gonna get into it, but you know, yeah. I think we have an epidemic of manliness that's going on in this modern day, and that we we need to be there for each other and 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 teach each other how to how to be a man in this modern day. Yeah, absolutely. And did you did you take that away from your experiences in the military, or was that something that's always been kind of on your heart, or is this something just newly unraveled because of COVID and all that we've seen as far as the media and just the corruption, mm-hmm. deception? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think partly both. Like as I'm grow- as I was growing up, I didn't have uh, the best father figure, mm. and I know for a lot of young black men, and for any any race really, but it's specifically young black men where the fathers are more likely to be absent than not. Yeah, that they, they can take that experience and take it into a negative way, mm-hmm. and I chose to do it in a positive way. Like okay, my father wasn't here to show me how to be manly, so I'm going to search out these things for myself and try to be a good man despite that fact, not not uh, because of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. And I feel we've had a conversation or two uh, just as recently about your journey to Christ and mm-hmm. you know coming back to the faith even more so as mm-hmm. in your own way, in your own perspective, by having other men around you that have been godly and, and living that life in the faith. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say is like that, that pooling and that draw that makes you want to lean in closer to him because of that experience with other men? Well, I'd say chiefly the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been called to serve Christ in a better way. And all throughout my life, I grew up Christian. I went to church and everything like that. Uh, and I've, I've always been knowledgeable of the Bible and everything like that. But I think it's truly just 
maybe even like six months ago that I started actually trying to live what the Bible's preaching and, and to be a, a good man in that way. Because, I mean, to bring it back to what I was talking about with my father, when I first joined the Marine Corps, I kind of adopted that Marine mantra just because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, this is what a man is. I'm supposed to drink all this beer and fight and do all this stuff. And yeah. in a way, that's toxic masculinity. I hate using that word, but it is. It is. And it's from actually getting married to Abigail and joining this family and seeing you and Tyler and Gary, the way you guys treat your families and the way you guys serve your families through God mm -hmm. and have your family serve God really opened my eyes to like, wow. So there, it doesn't have to be toxic masculinity. There's right. good masculinity too. Yeah. So. I love that you say that, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm married into the family as mm -hmm. well. And I've gotten to see what a, you know, Sarge is named Gary. Gary Sarge, Sergeant is like a leader of our family. You know, you get to see his grace. You get to see the way he forgives and the way he's just easygoing with certain situations, the way he's helpful, the way he's just there for his entire family and just, you know, uh, carries us, it seems like, and just, you know, inserts, you know, where he's uh, supposed to be and where, uh, just the way the family's on a path, I feel like is led by him very well. And it's like inspiring, you know, he's a patriarch, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And you hear the modern society is always down with the patriarchy, down with mm -hmm. the patriarchy. Well, these roles are here for a reason. And I'm, I'm not against feminism per se, but I am against trying to bend gender roles into, into changing them to whatever you want, because I mean, God made man and woman, mm -hmm. you know, and those roles are, no woman could ever be a man. No man could ever be a woman, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sorry, I just got lost a little bit. <laughs> no, I, and I'll, yeah. you know, you said that and it actually made me think of something that was very like mm -hmm. profound that I heard that, you know, for the gender roles, you know, cause sometimes I'll be with my, my wife, mm -hmm. Catherine, and I'll be talking to her and be like, yo, like laundry though <laughs> you know like you know she's like why do you prescribe like gender roles you know like just kind of playing around but at the same time uh it's interesting that they, they did a study that like you know when when people for instance get into like a survival mode like for instance just being like lost on an island or being lost at sea uh, or being you know stuff like mm -hmm. that where the gender roles all of a sudden kick back into like their natural state you know the men will go out and hunt and like start the fires mm -hmm. and the women will take care of the kids and making sure that people are being healed and cared for you know it's there's, just it's interesting how that works when there's a reason why it's like in. that there's a reason why it's like yeah. that and i think on the macro level like let's laundry and stuff like that i don't mind cleaning the house mm -hmm. i don't mind doing laundry for my wife it's the macro, the leading, taking mm. charge. Yeah. And like you were saying about Sarge, uh, pointing out the direction that the family needs to go and taking them in that direction, providing for the family, like yeah. making sure that everything's set up so that y'all can survive and thrive, mm -hmm. which women can do too, but also in a different way. Like Abigail, we're trying, we're really trying, my wife, mm -hmm. we're definitely trying to make her a, a stay-at-home wife if we can. I mean, this economy is a little bit... Challenging to <laughs> yeah, do so. Yeah, it's hard to do that. And, I mean, there's reasons for that, too. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's a government conspiracy or anything like that, but it's when women left the house, and it's kind of become like this taboo thing to be a stay-at-home mom now. Right. Or scoffed at. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it they're needed there to teach the children because when I... It gets into the point of like we're pawning off all these things to the government. We're we're pawning off the education of our children. Mm -hmm. We're pawning off our protection. 
we're pawning off our the way we get food and the way that we feed ourselves and provide for our family. Yeah. So now it becomes the government is in control of everything. And if you ever if you know anything about government departments or anything like that, mm -hmm. I just got delayed four hours because the FAA computers went yeah. down. It's not efficient. They just right. kind of throw money at things until yep. uh, and hope that it's going to fix it, not necessarily put policy behind it that's going to fix it. Not only money, debt. They, yeah, they, well, they print yeah. it. <laughs> they throw it at it, you know, and then exactly. that just puts us in a further bind. And I love what you said about, you know, not getting down that rabbit hole of, uh, of um, you know, trying to keep the, the moms in the workforce, but it really divides the family. And, you know, you talked earlier about fathers not being in the families because the family unit has been really just divided. You know, they, they got moms in the workforce and, you know, uh, taxing the mom's workforce and not at home with the kids. So then therefore the kids are in the hands mm -hmm. of the government and then therefore you can be more controlled. And like you said, we're being dependent on everything exactly. to be, you know, handed to us and exactly. fed to us. And they did that even more so with COVID. And I don't want to be, you know, in a state of dependency. And no. I don't think you do either. No, that that, that centralized way of living isn't for us because we see that the people that have that power don't always have our best best exactly uh, <laughs> best and state of mind. I'd say it's an integral part of being a man is to be independent. And not that you need to do everything by yourself, but like you need to at least have the know-how of how to get along and survive if like things were like all the things that we take for granted here are are taken away at some point and we can get into my experience in syria a little bit and even being from haiti for the audience that if you're not caught up on what's going on in haiti right now the government has completely well partially collapsed let's say it's a failed state mm -hmm. gangs are running the street they're holding hostage uh, people and they're holding hostage resources that could be used to better the country. And in Syria, it was pretty much the same thing. Assad's government was in control of the western part of the country. But on the eastern part of the country, closest to the border of Iraq, is just ISIS and the SDF, which the Kurdish, I can't, I can't give praise to the SDF because uh, really it was the PKK and they're like, a terrorist organization but Jeez. when you're when you take all that agency is taken away from you and all those state processes are taken away from you all the state and government benefits are taken away from you you really see what struggle is and that's what really opened my eyes on deployment in syria is yeah the when no one's looking out for you and you gotta look for yourself out for yourself mm. you have you have to be able to do that or else you're just gonna be part of the father uh, fodder is what i'm trying to say yeah and your experiences over there and of course growing up in haiti and um just overseas and stuff like that so i feel like you have that outside perspective of what what could happen in america mm -hmm. if things weren't you know the set up the way they are based on our christian you know values that we, we have in place our founding fathers our constitution and even the second amendment you've, you've spoken very highly to me in private conversations about how the second amendment may be the only thing preventing the government from actually doing what they're doing elsewhere uh, on a global scale as far as, you know, taking away freedoms, taking away freedom of speech. I mean, we're seeing censorship online like never before. We're seeing Andrew Tate, who speaks mm -hmm. out against the narrative, get arrested in, in Romania, you know, and he's a big advocate for masculinity and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, getting away from the government, making sure you're independent and stuff like that. So what do you think happens in, if, if, if they try to continue to take in the Second Amendment away? Well, another point on that is, did you hear recently that Jordan Peterson is getting his... Uh, license taken away in canada because, really yeah he is because of he wouldn't agree to go to a re-education camp or something like that which is 
ridiculous because Jordan Peterson, honestly, he's helped me with my uh, evolution from a, a young boy man. to a man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the stuff that he has to say is very solid. But the fact that they're censoring people like that is ridiculous. And where the Second Amendment comes into that is you we don't even have to ever like use it. But just the fact that like the AR-15, for example, is the most common rifle in America. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you have one in your house is a backstop. And the Founding Fathers put that in the Second Amendment for a reason. Right. You know, uh, let me... A well-regulated re- militia shall not be infringed. Or so, I don't know the direct. Uh, Sounds like Miranda right Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they put that in there because they know that once the federal government gets too much power, then there's nothing that the individual citizen can do to check that or even mm. a group of citizens. So even having your AR-15 is stops them from just coming into your house whenever yeah. or like because of that i don't i don't want to say threat but like it it is kind of a threat of like it's a checks and balances between the government and the citizen yeah and it's our only checks and balances between the government and the citizen otherwise we wouldn't be living in a democracy we'd be living in a, a dictatorship mm-hmm. you know do you think that's what they want do you think that there's a goal going on on a, on a wide macro scale to essentially uh i don't want to say like completely you know depopulate the country but essentially you know take take control of the people in a way that that we haven't experienced yet in our lifespan i mean i'm 29 you're what 25 Mm -hmm. so i i do think so and i think that it's kind of evident in what they're trying to make men into these days Mm. they're not so i talked about toxic masculinity and i i do believe that there is toxic masculinity you've seen the guy that's always puffing his chest trying to be the biggest dude in the room trying to fight everyone and then there's godly masculinity too and which i'd say mm. the perfect exa- example is sarge like right no offense to sarge i wouldn't be able i wouldn't like be scared to like fist fight him or anything <laughs> like that but i there's that and I'm going to use the word fear, but not like a fear in like, oh, I'm scared of you, but like a, a good fear of like, I don't want to let you down. Or I want to be uh, reliable to you and stuff like that, that he kind of pulls out of you just through his godly masculinity, mm. I'll call it. Yeah, and I like that. When you when you take a look at what the government is pushing in schools right now with uh, this gender ideology stuff CRT. and the CRT and everything like that, it, it kind of seems like they're trying their hardest to make men docile and easy to control. And the easiest way to do that is to get them to chop off their body parts and be yeah. depressed and tell them that they have no control over their circumstance in life. Or if you're like a young black kid, they're, mm-hmm. oh, you, this is a system that's racist. You can't, you can't get right. past it, you know? So there's, there's no reason to bother trying or anything right. like that. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And that's one of, I'm really glad that I was naturalized into the United States mm-hmm. as a citizen instead of being born here, Yeah, which I love, I love the United States. And the reason why I say that is because I was able to unashamedly be proud of being American because I'm like, I'm from Haiti, dude. America is so much better than Haiti. America saved my life. So mm. I can I can be 
proud to be American. And just to tell you a little story, I think I told you this before, but for the audience. Yeah. Uh, when I was nine years old, I think, when was I nine? 2006. So that's when the insurgency in Iraq was picking up. And I, I begged my mom, like, please stop at this Marine Corps office Whoa. to like... So I can go in and talk to them. And I'm like nine years old. That boy's a real one at nine. <laughs> that boy like Noah. And yeah, yeah Noah's a real one too. <laughs> but I went in there and I told the recruiters, the day I am able to to enlist and come fight for this country, I promise you I will. I wow. promise you I will. And they gave me they gave me a little standing oh, ovation or clap. Really? Dang. Yeah, because I felt so strongly even then about seeing like what America had done for me. And I just wanted to give back to it. Mm. Which is another segue that we can get into, and but I like I said before, I ended up doing it seventeen. So even before I was yeah. <laughs> able to, I lied to my mom and told her I was going uh, intelligence, <laughs> really? so that she'd sign the paper to let me go early. And you went infantry. I went infantry. Yeah, I was a O three fifty two, which wow. was a anti tank missile man. But Dang. so with your experience in the military, did it kind of shape the way that you perceive the world differently? Well, yeah, 100%. Um, before I went to Syria specifically, I was under the same impression as a lot of people of like, oh, like this is the United States, like nothing could ever happen here. Like we don't have to worry about it because we're the right. U.S. But then after Syria and especially after 2020 happened, I was like, I really thought that a whole lot mm. just because, I mean, I'm a amateur historian. I've always loved like, war history and like and i think history is told by the wars that that happened throughout it and mo most of the major events that have happened in our history is just this war and then this war happened and then this war happened and it sparked this technological advance but there's no reason why any of that stuff can't happen here in the u.s and it's only the citizen and our our founding fathers that put those checks and balances there that have stopped it from happening already. Yeah. But all major empires go through some type of lull and peak in their, in their, in their power. I mean, the Roman empire was, it went through that kind of thing almost every 80. Well, I don't want to quote wrong, but they went through it very often. There were lots of civil wars and stuff like that and social unrest yeah. in the Roman empire. And, us being ignorant to that fact, us being blind to that and thinking it could never happen is what exactly is going to lead to that sort of thing because we won't uphold the, I mean, like you see the, the government right now, uh, the one that's in power right now is coming after First Amendment rights, they're coming after Second Amendment rights. And after that Second Amendment right is gone, they're going to they're gonna come after a Fourth Amendment search and seizure, like right. so where they can just come into your house whenever they want and do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But those things are there for a reason. And the fact that we've stopped paying attention to it, and I mean, that's a lot. Social media has done a lot to where we don't really care anymore. The citizen's not as concerned as what's going on in the government right now. And a lot of people are just voting based on emotion mm. instead of looking at what this country was supposed to be and how we're supposed to run it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's a big one with emotion because they really tap into that in such a methodical way. Mm -hmm. And even so, you know, we're talking about, you know, CRT, you know, that mm -hmm. stuff was uh, really engineered to mm -hmm. tap into the emotion and make people feel like they're uh, oppressed. And, mm -hmm. and this is the way 
uh, you should perceive it, your reality. It's, it's so ridiculous yeah. because my my question to all those people that are following the CRT ideology, it's like, what what race do you think most of the Union soldiers were that were fighting to free the slaves? You know, they were white. <laughs> A right. large majority of them were white. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some black regiments and everything like that, but so and. You have to look at the context of when it was happening too. Yeah. You know, eighteen uh, sixties. A lot of countries still had slavery well afterwards, and it's they like to say the U.S., the U.S., the U.S. Right. Every Western country in that time was still dealing in in slavery and doing all this and that, and we had a war. It wasn't just people arguing in in. Uh, legislation or anything like that people were willing to put down their lives to free the slaves and even as far back as the american revolution it was a hotly debated topic on whether right. like slaves were going to be freed or not and i can't even see the culture that we're living in and the people that live in the society being willing to go to war for anything on behalf of somebody else no i don't we you, live in a very selfish society you know and that blows my mind mm -hmm. that it was not that long ago where we were fighting for something that was you know like that you know mm -hmm. and uh, it's just it's powerful, and and when you and I talk sometimes about like the future, as far as how how divided we are as a nation, you know, Democrat, Republican, uh, truth, lie, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's so much, so much one side of the aisle that you know we talked before about the potential of a civil war breaking out, mm -hmm. and I've I've expressed to you, man, I just cannot see people taking to the streets or taking to up in arms mm -hmm. against one another. Uh, when in reality, it's like the ones that are really, you know, responsible for all this divisiveness mm -hmm. and the social engineering and programming people that it's, you know, the government, the media, mm -hmm. the corporations, the institutions mm -hmm. that are all having those seats of power to mm -hmm. just put that thing in front of your face to make you believe a certain way. Well, and I think that's exactly why that shows you that is possible is because even though these I don't believe these thoughts are originally these people's. They do believe them now, mm -hmm. and they believe very strongly about them. And to get to your point about everyone, I don't think everyone's going engage, to like engage in this civil right. war if it ends up happening. Mm. It's it, it's going to be the people that feel the most strongly about it. That's true. And that even if there's 20,000 people on each side fighting it out. That's still a war. That's still a war. Yeah, and that's right. still going to affect a lot of things that are going on in this country. So right. it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't, it might not be every Tom, Dick and Harry out there, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I think the, that's the way we perceive it when we're not like a historian as yeah. far as, you know, cause me, I perceive like the civil war as being like a lot of the people, like majority of the people are out mm -hmm. there. Like, let's get it. <laughs> no, no, uh, it was, I, maybe for the South, there were a lot of people that conscripted and they really believed. And not all of them were fighting for slavery. I do have to say that. And I used to think that. But a lot of it, I see the states' rights issue now just because we're kind of going through a states' rights issue right now, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, the federal government, it's an entity that wants to eat and eat and eat up more power. And you can see it with... After 9-11, the Patriot Act, Yes, you know, they took a lot of, they, they saw how much power they can get away with taking, so they took that. And then COVID as well. They said, take but, your shoes off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we going to make you take your shoes <laughs> off. <laughs> COVID as well. COVID as well. Uh, they gained a lot of power. They, 
I know, I know. I was in Maryland when COVID happened, and there were a lot of people that didn't come out for of their house for like months, years, 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 like a year and a half, two years. They didn't come out. There's still people out here wearing masks, like religiously. Oh, in Maryland, it's like it's not everyone, but it's still like half the people I saw were wearing masks over there. That's wild. Even though like there's been countless amount of Mm -hmm. studies and. Doctors coming out saying mm-hmm. the masks don't work. Even Fauci himself mm-hmm. saying it doesn't work yet. They're still they're still part of it. They're still. You think it's? I don't want to say a cult, but do you think it's kind of like has that kind of vibe to it? So I don't know. This <laughs> is getting. <laughs> I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on real quick. But there are uh, with the uh, I think Twitter files twelve. There were mm. messages from the U.S. Army talking about doing psyops in the United States and the FBI, what we know about them and what the CIA is probably doing now. I I really think that it is, I use the word brainwashing, but in not in a mystical sense of like, oh, they shoot out this beam and you believe this stuff. But when someone is doctoring what you can see, what point of views you can see, and right. they're doctoring how that news is presented to you. Scary. Then you are going to believe what they're telling you if right. they if they it's what you take present it's it. what you're taking exactly. in exactly yeah. it's the information that you're taking in, which is why I feel some of these people are not seeing the truth necessarily. But at the same time, I have to wonder to myself, like I was living in Maryland, you know, mm-hmm. and I would watch a news thing, and I, huh, that doesn't seem to be true like let me do some research on that yeah some people never get past that step they just see it like huh like all right right get on cnn you know trust they were trusted beforehand you know before uh all this the culture war started (laughs) uh let me trust them now they're they wouldn't lie to me but like they are they're just blatantly lying to people which is why i think that it seems so cult-like you know Right. And we let's go back to the masculine men thing. So how can somebody uh, essentially not be a weak man and not conform to what this, you know, what they're trying to push onto to the young man in this country, especially like the youth? Like, let's say somebody in high school right now is listening to this. Like, what advice would you give them to be able to step into that role of masculinity and be able to walk in the in the calling that God has in store for their life? I'd say responsibility. Mm. Uh, you have a duty. You have a duty as a man, you know, as and I think I really think that's the way God made it. You have a duty to your to to God to be a godly man. You have a duty to your country to be a good and concerned citizen. And you have a duty to your family to be a good father, a good brother, a good son. Mm. And for someone in high school, I'd tell them they're probably someone's son, someone's brother. Try to be the best brother you can be. Try to be the best son you can be. Take responsibility. Make that your duty to be the best son you can be or the best father you can be if you have kids. And take that responsibility of agency over yourself. Quit relying on all these different things to make you feel better about your life. Get to work. You know, Get to work. Find something that you love. Work hard to make it your own. And then once you do that, give back. That's the main, well, like while I was talking about the, the Marine Corps story when I was nine, that's the main driving factor for me of doing all that stuff and being a, a good son and being a good father. I want to give back to the people that love me. 
And a lot of people have the mindset of just take, take, take. Yeah. Oh, the government needs to like, pay this. my student loans. They need to give me this welfare. And I'm not against welfare, but if you have the ability to work and do it on your own, there's no reason why you should be trying to take from other people yeah. to, to, to feed your lot, you know? Right. And you're, you're leaning on your infirmity and you're making that part of your identity. Exactly. You know, you're, you're putting yourself, you know, welfare is designed to keep you poor. It's mm -hmm. not the, the uh, designed to help you. Mm -hmm. It keeps you on that, that number for the mm -hmm. rest of your life exactly. to where you feel like you can't rise up and meet, reach well, new goals. It's just, uh, an evolved version of that victim mentality. Yes. It's, and that's, with the CRE or CRT thing, it's victim mentality. You're a victim. You're a victim. You have no agency. You you can't do it yourself. You can't change the way things are yourself. Which is such a poor way to live. It's a poor exactly. mindset. Because exactly. if we knew if that if we thought the opposite and we thought, you know, I think the opposite. I if mm -hmm. we if we leaned into truth, then we can just rise up to so much more. We would have so much more self-belief within ourselves. We would be able to help other people. Exactly. We'd be able to grow and just reach new levels and exactly. try different things. But if we're always viewing ourselves as like they owe me something or i can't achieve this because of this it's like that's where we fall into this bind of just we're bound by mm -hmm. the labels that somebody else puts on us we're bound by what the government pays us you know mm -hmm. it's it has a it's a slippery slope and you mentioned fatherhood as being a big one is like your 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 focus mm -hmm. and you're actually you know expecting yeah. a little baby with yeah. abigail first and expecting my first child first child mm -hmm. super exciting stuff and like what what do you want for like your child to view you as as far as the man side of you goes well i want to be my child's hero i want them to look up at me and say like that is someone i want to emulate and that's been a really and even now i'm still refining myself and everything like that but that's been a big goal of mine well that and that will continue to be a big goal of mine for my my child to see me and say i want to be like him you know mm -hmm. and that's like they say imitation is the the Greatest highest form, form of flattery, flattery. Yeah. yeah exactly so to be for your son to imitate you or your daughter to want to imitate you or, or her mother, you know, that that is it, it, it'd be the best thing in the world to me. And that way, through my actions of working hard, being a, a good man, and we can talk about more what I feel like is a good man. I, everyone has their own different definitions, but uh, a, a good, solid member of the community, someone who takes up and is other people come to them for when they're in need and help, you know, and that you're the basic idea of a patriarch, like back to Gary, like mm -hmm. that is how I would want to be viewed by my children. You know, I don't want them to just see me as, I don't know. A bum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even just a bum, because like they might not see you as a bum, but like. I know, I just, I went, yeah. I went super, <laughs> I, I just thought of the funniest word possible. Yeah. <laughs> So not necessarily a bum, because there's a lot of fathers that are out there that are working mediocre. and doing everything like that. But yeah, they're mediocre. They come yeah. home. All they want to do is, you know, they crack open a beer. They're not in their child's life. And there's nothing to to be wowed about, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh, my dad's a mechanic. And but when he he comes home, he just cracks open a beer and turns on the on the television yeah. which well, well i will say naturally though my, my father talked about mm -hmm. this he said enjoy like the first you know five to seven years of their life or mm -hmm. yeah five to seven years of their life essentially because you are automatically their superhero mm -hmm. but after that you know eight nine ten when mm -hmm. they start to develop that you know that 
I'm not saying that frontal cortex mm-hmm. at that point, but they start to develop something where they they're more conscious and aware yeah. of things and like what you do that's wrong. You know, you can really lose that. Well, I think the way you keep that is with character mm-hmm. because like there's like I, I brought up mechanic. I mechanics an awesome profession. I there's nothing wrong with being a mechanic. Like they make good money. <laughs> it's I could use one. Yeah. <laughs> it's your character within that. Like so yeah, you could be I would say just a mechanic, which is not something that like I don't know. I don't know many kids whose heroes are a mechanic, but with through your character like your kids can remember oh my dad always gave someone a fair deal you know my dad always treated people with respect when he came into the shop mm-hmm. my dad always tried to help people when they were struggling and they came into the shop and stuff like that those are the things that that child's going to remember when they start wow, that's growing good up and getting older you know so it's not necessarily what you're doing that's going to make you their hero it's going to be who you are and how you treat people in this life do you think we get that character from christ i do i really do um there are I met good people that aren't Christian necessarily, but I think that in Christ is where you get the complete picture of like a good man. Because I think a good man should be fervorous as well. Should be fervorous about their passion for the Lord and want to teach their family that, teach their kids that so that they can go on and spread the message as well. Which is I'm trying to become more knowledgeable in the bible so i can teach it in a in a responsible way you right because my my whole life in the haitian church especially it's always like uh you'll know the word better than i do but it's this kind of preaching that's like oh if you come to god he's gonna do prosperity. this for you. yeah prosperity preaching yeah. he's gonna do this for you he's gonna do that for you he's gonna get, make you rich and it kind of ties back into the giving type of thing what can you do for the lord you right. know if you're going out and trying to be fashioned into the tool, into a tool of the Lord and to be used by him for his glory, not your own, your kids will see that too. And they'll be, they'll want to become Christian more through your example, through, through your, uh, it, it ties into what we were talking about with uh, your character and everything like that. They'll see how good of a Christian man you are and they'll want to be that same thing because they look up to you. Yeah. I agree with that a lot, and I'll be honest with you, man. It sucks when uh, you're seeing, you know, you said that your children kind of take after you and, and imitation is the greatest mm-hmm. flattery. It's always a bummer, and I'm working on this. You know, my character is still being developed. My fatherhood skills are being developed. Me as a man is still being developed. But it's a real bummer when you see, like, your kid do something that you do that you don't like them doing, yeah. and, you're, and then you have, you know, your wife graciously with a kind heart saying, where does he get it from? Yeah. He sees you treat him <laughs> yeah. like that. And then that's why, you know, uh, not, so it's just one of those things where you have to be really mindful mm-hmm. about that. And and seeing that, you know, in my own household and seeing mm-hmm. like, oh, the way I treat him is like the way he might treat his brother. Mm-hmm. That That's something that is like, it, it hits you to the point where you're like, man, I got to make a change. I got to mm-hmm. watch my speech. I got to watch the way my tone is and the way my attitude is towards my children and, and keep that good character in line. It's, it's always, you said something like you're in the, process of doing all that yeah. the progress of doing all that it doesn't stop never stops. it doesn't stop you are constantly progressing into into who you need to become until the day you die there's yeah. never a day where you're just like 
oh, like this is it. I can stop working on myself. Yeah. If, if if you're not dead, God's not done. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I, I I saw that from the last episode, yeah. and I it, thought it that hits. was a really yeah. It, <laughs> is, bro. It, it makes you think about things of like a an ever changing you know growth process, and like mm-hmm. sanctification is mm-hmm. a process. It talks about that in the Bible and transformation. You know, we're on a on a path to righteousness through Christ, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's why it's so important to you know stay connected to him and trying not to backslide and always making sure that you're putting you know God's morality above your own morality and exactly. you know the character of God over your own fleshly character because exactly. your fleshly character is kind of flawed it's pretty mm-hmm. trash it's pretty selfish it's well, pretty ego driven we see the ideology that the government's running with these days of uh well their ideology of vices I, I'd call it because I've never seen so many gambling ads put up in my life they're everywhere gambling and then you have the the sexual aspect of it where they're telling these young women to go out and like show themselves on on the internet for money which is morally just it's wrong but they're telling you it's not it's more and more perverse Mm -hmm. and it gets us not only adapting to that sometimes Mm -hmm. even as christians we start to just blend in with the world Mm -hmm. but also we become comfortable with it i was just listening to tony evans today on the Mm -hmm. way on the way to um the coffee shop that i was at prior to coming here Mm -hmm. and he was talking about that so like we need to be different we have the holy spirit within us Mm -hmm. and the holy spirit cries out when we become like the world exactly holy spirit depart like wants to depart from us that dove that's Mm -hmm. inside of us wants to evade because it's so it's so like the world that we that it just wants to depart from us you know so we got to make sure that we're not bending to the culture and when we're still leaning into christ we have to stand fast i mean what would have happened if the the Christians that are getting persecuted by the by the Roman Empire, they started bending to the Roman will. And the state of the Roman Empire was not good at the time. There was debauchery in the streets and yes. all these different things. They actually took Aurelian to come in. Um, I forget the exact year. I want to say it's a, a little bit after Christ, maybe 50 AD, 100 AD, that time frame, to where they call him, to get into history a little bit, <laughs> Aurelian, uh, the previous emperor was on his deathbed and Aurelian was just one of his generals and he called Aurelian into the room and he said, Aurelian, you have to save the empire. It's crumbling. The currency was devalued. (laughs) Uh, There's debauchery in the streets to where the family unit of the Roman Empire was broken. Uh, They were getting invaded on all all borders. And (laughs) I know some of this sounds a little familiar, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) They're getting evaded in all directions from their borders. And he put on this mask and he said, I'm not going to take this mask off until I restore the empire. And the Romans actually named him Restitutor Orbis, which in Latin is restorer of the world, because he took the empire from the brink of collapse to giving it another 300 and maybe more. If you ask a true historian, depending on who you ask, they'd say the Byzantine Empire is a continuation of the Roman Empire. The Byzantines view themselves as Roman. They spoke Latin, engaged in all the Roman customs. And even before the fall of Rome, the city, they had already moved their capital to Constantinople anyway because it was a more central position in the empire. So, Jeez, that boy in his bag on history. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've, <laughs> I like history that. History has always been my thing. Good, bro. We mm-hmm. need that because if, you know, what do you learn from history? You know, what would you say is your reason for, um, you know, studying it? Well, if you see how things were in the past, then you can kind of know where you're going in the future. Not exactly. It's shaded in a different color. But these things, they say history repeats itself. 
not rhymes. not really not really it it rhymes yeah in a sense or it's, it's painted with a, with a different color yeah you can learn lessons of the past and i mean i think that's a human thing to do ever since we were uh, hunter gatherers and stuff like that we'd been passing on oral traditions oral traditions that's where stories come from actually yeah. is just trying to pass on in a in an entertaining way because you got it's got to be entertaining for you to remember. I mean, Christ, it, right? all his parables were stories, exactly. And the way he taught was exactly. stories, exactly. Has weight, and those stories and the the nucleus of those stories gets passed down from generation to generation, and it it teaches lessons. So that's why I love reading novels because a lot of people say, oh, you have to read nonfiction to get a, a lesson from it, you know, no. but. You can get a lesson from a novel if it's a good written novel. There's going to be a main idea of that of that story that ties into. I think I'm going to misquote this terribly, I, but there's like six core nucleus stories that have been passed down ever since human civilization have started to wow. to build up. I forget what they are, but but Google it. Yeah, yeah we can Google it. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying the listener Google mm. it. But uh, I wanted to ask you this, man, because. Uh, we've we've had great convos so far, but I want to know like what gets Zach Vincent fired up about what's happening in this country right now. The debauchery, I say, um, abortion is one of the big ones. I am I believe abortion shouldn't be a thing, but I'm also of the the mentality that I don't want to push my certain beliefs on people. I do believe abortion is murder, but I'm willing to compromise on that with in in the sense of like Texas has makes abortion illegal and Maryland has it legal. Okay, move to Maryland. We're a constitutional republic. That's fine by me on a law sense, but on a moral sense, I think it's morally reprehensible to to do that. And a lot of the arguments I've I've been hearing are like post-term abortions or like full-term abortions. It's always abortions. like the one of 1% that the argument is built on. Yeah, and it's like ridiculous. That's a human life. I don't care. Like even if you like argue that's not a human life at conception, which I think it is, that is a human life. Once it's going it's, to be, it's, yeah. Once. Well, no, they're talking about post-term. So it's like yeah. the baby's born I and mean, then yeah, the parents make a decision on whether they that's want just sick. it to be alive that's, or not. That's inhumane. Yeah. Yes, exactly. To the highest degree. Exactly. And then the violence that's going on in our streets. I, I've high, I'm, I, We talked about the Second Amendment. I highly recommend that everyone, like every lawful abiding citizen, has a weapon to protect themselves. Because especially in big cities right now, you can look up whole bunch of videos of just random acts of violence i saw a video of this dude or no it was a homeless lady in portland she pushed a three-year-old onto the tracks i saw that too just for no reason and when you when you see that you see our society's sick this is not how a good society runs and it right. can't run like this forever mm. so the moral destruction of the society is kind of a precursor to its destruction as a whole and the fact that we're not pushing uh well like school students for example they then used to be a thing it's not the weapon that's 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 causing this guns have been around for a long time and people haven't so gone. schools exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's the the state 
of our mentality is what's causing all these things. What else? The encroachment of government powers. Uh, I think their states should have more powers right now, and it would make our vote count more because there's so many of us that the federal government can get away with the tactics that they're using right now just to to garner in as many votes as they want and then have no accountability. Um, what else boils my, uh, boils my blood? Uh, like mainly the, the debauchery thing. It seems like you can't rely on other people to be good people anymore necessarily. And I feel like that wasn't the way in the past. Do you think that's just what's broadcasted though? Do you think that that's just what's like colluding the airways essentially? That because it seems that there's such a disconnect between the internet and real life. You know, I, I said this one time about a year and some change ago. I said that uh, the enemy is winning online, the devil's winning the internet, and Christians are winning in real life. Meaning, when I said that, I meant more so that society is still, you know, functioning. And, and granted, I'm in Texas, mm -hmm. so that's way different than if I were mm -hmm. in Maryland, which mm -hmm. some of your experiences are. And I'll, and I'm from Florida, so mm -hmm. those are the two places I frequent, which are more you know, f more freedom-loving yes, states. Yes. But I, I see society still, you know, obviously it's not as, as you know, connected and friendly as it once was, mm -hmm. but there is still a sense of, like, safety. There is still a sense of civilization and, and, and calmness. And I, Where we're at, where we're at, it's a good point that you brought that mm -hmm. up. But, like, for example, a few years ago, I went to a, a Trump rally in Sacramento, and there maybe were about 80, 80, well, on, on the Trump side, there are about 80 to 150 people there, I'd say, just from guessing. Wait, there's and, what? How many people? Uh, like 100 to 150, I'll say. At like, a Trump rally? That's yeah, it? Yeah, it's in Sacramento. 150? <laughs> That's yeah, it? Yeah, it's in Sacramento. Trump wasn't there. It was just a rally. Like, Oh, he wasn't there? No, no, no. It was just a conservative <laughs> rally. Let's okay, call it I like got that. you. All right, but there you go. In support of Trump. There you go. And then... There are 300 Antifa that came out. They're throwing M80s and like really heavy glass bottles and stuff like that. And there's actually a preacher there that was just preaching. He wasn't even politically motivated. He was just preaching. Mm. They beat this man to within an inch of his death. Really? Like they beat this man bad just for being out there. And he was walking back to his car. Now, for the Sacramento police sake, they were there to stop it from escalating but they weren't there to protect anyone which i really that's when i saw like wow the police really aren't for you they're like in some senses like i like sheriff's office and stuff like that we need a sense of like control yeah not maybe not control but law order. and order yeah. yes but and a lot of, especially in these big cities the police departments are just doing the biddings of their political overlords so it it showed me that it's not as on online as you'd think. Mm -hmm. And like another example I could use is swatting. People post someone's address online and have the, the SWAT team come through and like well, report like, oh, there's a person with a with a weapon here and they're going crazy. And the, the police have to react in kind to that. So they send the SWAT team to try to go de-escalate that situation. But in reality, it's just a family eating dinner or something like that. Yeah. So it it's a slow roll, but it does come out. Right. 
it it, does. one day it shows up on your doorstep is what exactly you're yeah. and these things don't happen like if you're not paying attention to it right it it it, it will just one day the veil of reality will just yeah, yeah come down and you'll see everything for as it is and all all the violence that people are capable of so i'm reading a book about the spanish civil war right now in the 1930s uh the precursor to world war ii a lot of people say and the violence that those communists committed they went through village by village and any landowner priest whatever they just shot them dead in the street and mutilated about their bodies and stuff like that and these are from first-hand accounts so and did you think those people saw that coming if they saw it coming they wouldn't have been there when when all that stuff happened so it's and i don't want to be so gung-ho about it well not gung-ho but so doom and gloom about it because we are at that point to where it's that's going to happen but if we don't start paying attention to what's going on pay attention to what they're teaching our kids pay attention to how the government's moving it that will come about and i mean that is our duty we were talking about duty to god duty to country as a citizen yeah well that's where that part comes in your duty as a citizen is to pay attention to what's going on so that we can protect this wonderful democracy, constitutional republic that we have. Otherwise, the, the veil is going to be pulled. You know? All right. And so do you think that because there have been more people paying attention, you know, we saw the moms going to the school boards mm-hmm. and like, you know, making their voices heard. And we see, you know, even January 6th, I feel like even though they painted a picture one way, I think it had real life implications that maybe, you know, prevented some other, you know, uh, things that don't have the country's best interest in mind from happening. Uh, do you think that that's something that uh, we can continue kind of seeing in the in the landscape of the political landscape happening that's going to prevent, you know, the the dark forces, I guess, from taking over and completely almost like... That's a loaded question yeah, for a me. Bit. <laughs> a bit. I'll answer it the best way I can. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, in private, you know what we've talked about. But, it yes, or it can exacerbate it. It, it just depends on what mm. the elite want to do. Right. So I was really happy about January 6th because it's, it showed that the American people still had some teeth. You know, that we aren't going to let the government just do whatever they want. And we we do still have a say in things. And especially with what happened uh, in Congress recently with the House of Representatives and uh, the Freedom Caucus holding out on voting for Kevin McCarthy until certain concessions were made. All those concessions are things the American people wanted. We just want accountability. What are some of those things for those listening that, that, that haven't been following the story? So, number one, they're going to look into biden's ukraine dealings they aren't gonna pass any more funding to ukraine for aid without a dedicated look at the good and they uh i think one of the ones was uh they have to introduce each bill like one at a time no more of these four fourteen hundred page bills that you can't read through yeah and that they just sign before christmas exactly yeah. exactly so they can go on vacation and i'm i'm blanking on the other ones right now Yeah, but they're all but, more in line with what the exactly, american people actually want wow. exactly the freedom caucus is that what is kind of a the, the terminology used to describe the people that are for more so like the make america great movement yes instead exactly. of okay yes um and let me ask you about that you know we're, we have about eight minutes to wrap up here but 
Um, what do you think happens in 2024 as far as uh, who runs and and what's the what's the the the, the base looking like? What is a mm-hmm. Christian to maybe you know go into the voting booth thinking and and what is the path well, forward for the country in 2024? I, I think that's pretty simple. Um, I advise people to first of all don't end up falling into any type of trope, you know. So the same thing that happened with the Democrats, where they'll just blindly vote for whatever candidate. I don't want to see the right get to that. So I'm really looking forward to the Trump DeSantis debates mm-hmm. and I'm 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 going to watch them unfanatically like, you know, <laughs> and see like who seems like they're going to do a better job for yeah. America. I'm all for Trump, but I'm also all for DeSantis now and I think well, our cup is kind of full that we have these two, two great options. candidates yeah. that are going to come up and and debate, and we'll see who who is going to be best for America going forward. But also, from a Christian sense, how are we going to... Um, people hate to say this, but the United States is a Christian country. It was built on Christian values. So who is going to more represent those Christian values of the United States and your Christian values? Who is going to allow you to... Uh, have religious freedom, have the more freedoms... Uh, economically have more freedoms with your rights everything like that and you have to look at the candidate that's going to do the most for you you know right because a lot of times we we can fall into these teams of oh i'm red or i'm blue and as citizens it is imperative and it is our duty to put the best americans forward the americans are gonna be for america and making america number one and keeping america number one which we're slowly losing a grasp on yeah well i think when you said um you know who's going to do the most for you i think that's where we get kind of lost sometimes because you know when we see about you know when people were voting you well, know let me let me amend that yeah. not who's going to do the most for you who is going to allow you to do the most for yourself yeah i'll put it that way that's perfect yeah because i think we've we've lost so much of that uh, insight mm-hmm. of you know it's almost like what can you do for me and I love that quote mm-hmm. um, I don't JFK yeah, JFK yeah. asked what not you can do for your country ask or well, what your country I, can do for you yeah, yeah. well ask not <laughs> what Hit. your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country exactly and it hits yeah it's it's a very good quote and evergreen I, yeah <laughs> and it it's it's guided me through my life because as a citizen I think what can I do for America you know in America that's doing the things not necessarily I wanted to do, but the things that were promised in the mm-hmm. constitution. But who's gonna uphold that the most? But sorry to cut you off over well, well no, I think that's great. And um, you know, I sometimes I feel a little bit like in my in my heart, I, I, I suppose that uh voting for Trump would be in some ways going backwards in a way that, you know, he is a divisive uh, you know, uh person in some mm-hmm. regard. I do think his policies are great. Um, I lost a little bit of respect for him when it came to his stance on uh, the vaccine and stuff of that he was saying of how it's the greatest thing in mankind mm-hmm. in history. He saved 6 million people. You know, like all that stuff I felt was completely wrong. I don't think he had the good people around him giving him good information. Um, I will say this on the vaccine, though. I don't think Trump would have mandated it. I don't have a problem with well, I do have a problem with them rushing out a vaccine, but whatever. We didn't know the extent of what was going on at the time. So I don't have a problem with him kind of 
well, I like I have a problem with them rushing it out, but the, the situation, I can see why he would have made that decision. Mm-hmm. Where I have the problem with the whole COVID thing is the control that the government exerted afterwards. You have to get mandated or or you have to get the vaccine or you're fired. But you don't you think, have to do that. And, and I agree with you, but mm-hmm. you don't think there was control that was happening even during the midst of it as far as, you know, like Trump being in on the stay in your house, 15 days of slow spread and then extending it and then just... You know, essentially being part of the, you know, and criticizing Florida for opening up early, mm-hmm. you know, when when the science was all pointing in the right direction of, you know, what Florida was doing, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was kind of playing both sides yeah. a little bit too much to the point where it was like he didn't really have a stance on it that was mm-hmm. in line with, I feel like, what should have been the stance. The, the freedom stance. The freedom like, stance, Like, hey, yeah. here's this vaccine. Here's all the information about it. Yeah. Like, we rushed it out. Take it if you feel like you but need no, to. No, he said, say, they even said safe and effective. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't say call that. it yeah. that when there hasn't that been trial and error. There hasn't been that time of people taking it and seeing so the fruit. You know? Let me ask you a question. What do you think of all these uh, athletes that have been collapsing and stuff like that the demar hamlin is the main one that right. comes to mind and i think you know it, it's crazy how god works you know mm-hmm. like because you know that incident happens it happens and i saw it as an opportunity for the get the conversation started mm-hmm. about you know pro- other athletes in college mm-hmm. and soccer worldwide a whole, bunch of a whole bunch you know there's there was there's highlight reels of <laughs> yeah, this is so sad dropping. highlight reels of <laughs> yeah. athletes dropping you know like who would have thought we'd ever say that ever yeah. you know and it's not it's not you know going all the way back it's going in the last two years and uh to see the numbers what they are in the last two years compared to the last Mm -hmm. 35 years that's a bit alarming uh to not even bring up the conversation Mm -hmm. you know on these networks is Mm -hmm. a little bit alarming that you know everybody on the internet's Mm -hmm. talking about it could be a possibility yet nobody wants to talk about it on air but it was cool because we got to see the nation come together and really pray for him Mm -hmm. we got to see people kneeling on the field again this time they're allowed to do it you know because of prayer which is great and then I don't know if you saw this. The first game the Buffalo Bills were back after that, the the guy they kicked the ball off. The guy who ran it back for a touchdown. Oh yeah, I did see that. The actually. first play yeah. and like goosebumps, you know, like yeah. whoa, like crazy. Tell me how it's been. And the guy's number, uh, the uh, Demar Hamlin's number mm-hmm. three, right? Mm-hmm. It's been three years and three months since the Bills had a kickoff return. Oh really? So oh, like to pretty, see to yeah. see kind of like all these little you know nuggets of like. Dang, like that's God, you yeah. know, to, to see that it, it made me feel good. But also I'm, I'm hoping that it created a conversation that's going to bring awareness to like the possibility that. that, hey, maybe your kids shouldn't be taking this if they're athletes. Or yeah. like, hey, maybe your kids shouldn't be taking this at all. Yeah. You know, like maybe you should consult a, a knowledgeable doctor that's yeah. not taken away by it's not bought off by big pharma too you know and exactly uh you know it's it's crazy you never saw mitocarditis commercials either Mm -hmm. but now you're seeing them constantly on television it's Mm -hmm. like why is that you know so it's like why is this you know all of a sudden popping up Mm -hmm. when that was never the thing you know in the last two years which is i will say this though it it could be well no i a lot of people say it could be covid that's causing all this myocarditis but i mean i personally i've had covid three or four times and I feel great, you know, it was just the flu, you know, pretty much. Or And I know that there's a lot of people that weren't equipped to handle COVID like that. But I, I don't think that's the route that you should take with that is, oh, I'm susceptible to COVID. Everyone needs to get vaccinated and, and do all this. It's I'm susceptible to COVID. Why is that? If it's something controllable, like, oh, I'm overweight or I'm not eating the healthiest or I'm not taking care of myself 
then you should take a really good look at that route and say, oh, like maybe I should start taking yeah. some better. But people care want of the myself. easy fix. People exactly. want the people want the shot, you know. And, and I and I understand we're we're kind of conditioned to believe all vaccines mm-hmm. are safe based on just you know our mm-hmm. entire lives of being uh, forced to have them to mm-hmm. go to school. Uh, so I think there has just been a lot of lies that mm-hmm. were surrounded it surrounding it, and that usually happens when there's money involved. That mm-hmm. usually happens when there's um, you know, deception involved mm-hmm. and intent and power involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think a lot of people got duped. Uh, I think, uh, and that's okay. I've been duped before yeah. as well. I admit on air, I got mm-hmm. duped by uh, uh, some some QAnon stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, Trump's really the president, dog. <laughs> like, ain't no way you got 80 million votes. You know, like I, I was in that camp for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks when I was, you know, hopeful that, you know, something would I, happen yeah. because I couldn't believe mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. heart and spirit and soul that mm-hmm. Biden got 80 million mm-hmm. votes. Well, I think he did. I really think he did. And I think that the media apparatus, like, enabled it, you know? they He didn't go and debate or do anything like that. He yeah. lied about almost every policy that he put forward. Yeah, he ran a campaign from his basement. Yeah. You know? and he, it's just people really dislike Trump. Trump really is a very him. polarizing figure. I think he's maybe one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, but... On the other side of the aisle, they think he's the worst. Right. So that that disconnect is it's, why I feel like I really hope if Ron DeSantis ends up getting the Republican nomination, let's say, that they don't, he doesn't get it as hard as Trump did because it's it's it was very hard for Trump to do anything, and he still got a whole lot done. Yeah, it was hard, and he got a lot of pushback, and uh, it, yeah, he he didn't have people on his team. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all. And a lot of people got duped even in that 2016 to 2020 era of believing everything that the media was saying. Mm-hmm. And I think 2020 opened up the the floodgates of real information, mm-hmm. independent media, independent mm-hmm. sources, podcasters coming That's on what, air. It's great. It's yeah. great that you're doing this, man, because I get none of my news from corporate media anymore. Even Fox with the whole Kevin McCarthy thing. Shout out to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, He's a real one. Yeah, he is a real one yeah. just because... At all these Fox uh, hosts were saying like, oh, just vote McCarthy in, vote McCarthy in. Like, brother, look at McCarthy's track record. Like, right. look at his track record. He is not voting in line with what the people want. He is not voting in line with what the people want at all. That, the people didn't want that, what, $1.4 trillion omnibus bill yeah. to get sent through with a whole bunch of spending our money over things that, like, don't affect us don't matter our southern borders and shambles right now zero dollars going to that yeah they're but, just talk- but there's money going to another border exactly and another overseas nation more than just one yeah it's yeah we're sending the most money to ukraine right now but we're we're protecting saudi borders we're, we're protecting syrian borders we're protecting wow. all these other places but where we at home we're not protected we don't feel protected i don't feel like the government has our interest in mind anymore and that's what we were saying with the freedom caucus even trump came out and was like just vote mccarthy in i'm glad the freedom caucus did not listen because look at all the all the gains that we yeah, made. yeah gains real gains mm. and even just you know the taking away the the eighty seven thousand irs you mm-hmm. know additions i think oh, that's yeah, that huge was a big because one that's that's legit for the people because mm-hmm. if you have you know somebody looking at every single thing that you do mm-hmm. you know financially that's mm-hmm. a little bit overwhelming and they're not going to go after the rich they're no. going to come after your mo- mom and pop well yeah the ones that survived COVID anyway yeah. which was another huge thing about those lockdowns they shut down a whole bunch of small businesses for for good yeah for good yeah. like they it's hard to to start back up again after yeah. that 
But the ones that are remaining, they're coming after your, uh, they're coming after my IRS dollars, yeah. <laughs> you know, or my tax dollars. They're not going to go after Bill Gates or anything right. like that. So let's land Hashtag, this. let's see Bill Gates tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> get it trending, get it trending. Uh, that's awesome, man. But this is a great show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and this is a great plug, me. man. If you are in Texas right now in the Burleson, Mansfield, Crowley, Fort Worth area, go see my boy Zach at Marksman Firemen's mm-hmm. in... Uh, and I have to add, even if you're not comfortable with firearms, I am getting into firearms training soon. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially as a Christian and like as a citizen, you should be able to not put your confidence in protection in the police or anything like that. You should be able to put it in into God and, and by ascension yourself. You know? Absolutely. Amen to that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I appreciate you training me up mm-hmm. in the woods. Mm-hmm. I, I know people online been seeing my videos. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been getting after it. Yeah. I'm usually the one behind the camera, but <laughs> that's because you ain't, y'all ain't ready to see what I've been doing out there, you know? No, so, but we'll get you there. Yeah. We'll get you there. Yeah, I want to be, you know, when, I, when I'm when i on camera, bro, I want to be pristine. <laughs> I want to be, be a Jack Bauer from 24, right, Taylor? <laughs> that was a pre show reference we talked about. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those listening, you can pick up 21 Days in Africa on Amazon if you like, or my website, ilikebirdsministry.com. We'll be back next month with some more special guests, maybe more than one. We'll see what's up. And uh, we're excited for it. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't at I Like Birds Podcast. And you can also look us up on Instagram at I Like Birds Ministry. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Peace, y'all.